This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back for the first time in a while to the Drive the Lane Podcast. Full disclosure, we had an episode recorded last night. Talked about how Jimmy Sotos was making his decision and the impact that Luther Muhammad was going to make on next year's Ohio State basketball <laughs> team. And we had to re-record. <laughs> we had to re-record for various reasons. But before we get into everything that we're about to talk about, Drive the Lane is presented by High Street Tees. Joey, people don't have a whole lot of stuff to do right now, do they? No, you know, it boils down to really, and you got to look at yourself in the mirror. You got three things to do. You can work out, you can eat, and you can online shop. Mm-hmm. So when you're done working out, when you're full, you might as well online shop. And what's the best place to online shop at, Andrew? Highstreettees.com slash DTL. And then if they could only buy one piece of clothing, what should they buy? They should buy the, the Drive the Lane shirt. But if you can buy unlimited amounts of clothing, our promo code DTL15 gets you 15% off of your entire order. It's not just a shirt, guys, girls, ladies, gentlemen. It's everything. 15% off the entire order. And the Drive the Lane podcast is a part of the Letterman Row Network. Always good to note them. But, yeah, we're back. We're better than ever. But something that is not, We're not bad. better than ever. I don't know. <laughs> We're not better not than true. ever. Oh, we God. wanted to wait until the college basketball season was officially over as it ended tonight. Congratulations to Ohio State for beating East Tennessee State in the, the National Buckeyes, Championship. baby. Shout out to Zach Bush, GA for East Tennessee State. That's why we kind of came to the conclusion that we were playing the Cinderella team. What's their mascot? They got to be like the Titans or something. The East Tennessee State Tennesseans. Oh, wait, I can't look it up. That's what they are. Anyway, um, it was a hard-fought win. You know, Cinderella's shoe didn't quite fit in the in the championship game. We won by eight points, covered the spread of six and a half. It's, it's exciting stuff. So, uh, congratulations to Coach Chris Holman. He had to win the championship the year that I left. But, hey, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. In all actuality – how far do you think this Ohio State team was going this year? Um, Big Ten tournament first. First, before we start talking about this, I said this yesterday, it's not fair to talk about this when the season's over. And I said it before the season was over. It's hard to predict where teams are going to go. For the Big Ten tournament, it's easier because we knew the path that Ohio State had. But for the NCAA tournament, it's just not realistic until you know the matchups because year after year, Duke gets a walk to the – Elite Eight and, you know, teams like Michigan State have to play great teams in the second round, and that doesn't make any sense because they went to the Final Four last year, but you get what I'm saying. Um, Mm. I think for the Big Ten tournament, Ohio State was playing their best basketball at the end of the year. Would it have surprised me if they won the Big Ten championship? Probably not. I mean, I think they had as good a chance as any other team besides Michigan State probably. So um, if you look at the top four teams, the teams that had double buys, Wisconsin we lost to twice in – one game they blew us out and they made like 25 threes or whatever. And the other game we had no business losing. Okay. That's a, that's basically a wash. Maryland. We, we, they beat us at their place. We beat them later in the season recently by a bunch. Okay. Um, 
Michigan State, we lost on their senior night. That's the team, of course, that we were going to have to play. And then Illinois, we had just beaten. So if you look at the top four teams, we had recently beaten two out of the four. And we also beat some really good teams um, along the way. So including Michigan, who a lot of teams had winning and, and, and stuff like that. So I think the ceiling for the Big Ten tournament was for them to win the, the tournament. Would I have been surprised if they lost in the first round? Probably not, because that's just how the year has gone. Um, in terms of the NCAA tournament, no way we were losing the first game like that mother fricker Andy Katz thinks. Um, that dude, we've talked about it a lot. He's everywhere. He's on BTN. He's on NCAA.com. He's on FS1. He's, uh, he's on ESPN. He's everywhere. Every single, every single Ohio State game, he's either on the sidelines or in the studio, I swear. So, um, but he had them losing the first round. He had five teams in the Elite Eight from the Big Ten. How can Ohio State not be one of them? They were playing, you know, besides Michigan State, the best basketball of any team in the Big Ten. So. Something, something that we talked about is we were excited to see all these Big Ten teams on neutral courts. Yeah. Because we know that you can't win on the road in the Big Ten, but what was going to happen when you put Michigan State and Maryland against each other in a neutral court, which is – that's what I feel we were the most, quote-unquote, robbed of seeing is – who really were frauds and who really were – what's the opposite of fraud? Legit? Yeah, and we know that Illinois would have been fraudulent and Michigan State would have rose to the occasion. We've been saying it all year, and neither were proven true or false because we couldn't finish the year. So it's all the Illinois people that were tweeting at me and texting me, my friends, family, whatever, saying that I was wrong about Illinois. First of all, we beat them, which was awesome. Huge for me and my dad to talking shit to, to our friends. But also, everyone had them going to the Final Four every year or, like, you know, winning the Big Ten tournament or going to the Final Four or whatever, do, advancing far in the NCAA tournament. Every year, all these broadcasters and analysts, they have their pick, you know. They have their team that's, like, it's not a sleeper team. It's not a favorite. It's, like, an under-the-radar, like, you know, a 9-7 a seed, something like that. And, then, and every year there's that one team that everyone picks. That would have been Illinois. They would have lost in the second round to a one seed. You know, so I, I'll, so the, uh, I and I, the last, the last bet that I took, even though I didn't really take it cause we don't bet the last bet that I took of the regular season was I bet a lot of money on that Iowa, Illinois game in favor of Illinois. And they and? were up 12 with like 50 seconds left. And I just had a money line and I was like, all right, great win heading into postseason play with a little, chip on my shoulder and you mean with a little cash in your pocket mm, I I was on a hot streak to not have to pay as much and (laughs) and I was so pissed because I was hot going into going into March and I think I ended up being up one dollar the following week it was like I won in a game for 20 bucks and lost a game that cost me 19 but I did not make this book you pay me the one dollar oh that's so sweet of you yeah man. um i know that that was around the time that we went to the casino for the final time before the world closed due to the coronavirus um and that was not a great night for me at the casino but somehow it was for you because of course it was well i was what was our dealer's name oh i did not <laughs> 
I do not remember, but he did not. It was like Chad or something. We were like, we need to come back and stick it to Chad. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We went back to get revenge on our dealer that and, took and money from Zolden us. And Zolden did, and I was done in like three hands. It was just mm-hmm. unbelievable. It was the weirdest luck night. We saw Ryan Archidiakono at, <laughs> there that night, too. That was a wild yeah. night. The old me would have been nervous, but pff, Ryan Archidiakono, Ryan, we had. That's like, it's like nobody, man. It's Jalen Brunson's old teammate, our yeah. friend Jalen. Yeah, it's our friend. Yeah, basically. Uh, speaking of last time doing something, Caleb Wesson, has he played his last game at Ohio State? Uh, I would say so, yeah. Um, I think that when you are making the decision to go to the NBA draft, obviously um, I didn't have to make that decision, but I've been around a lot of people who have had to make that decision. I think there's a couple factors. Um, most importantly, um, is there – you know, a real chance of, of you not only getting drafted, but staying in the NBA. And for Caleb, I think legitimately, absolutely, there's a very good chance that he gets drafted and finds a spot in the NBA. And then also is would coming back, on the contrary, would coming back improve your draft stock for the future? If you take out everything about, you know, wanting to leave a huge legacy or win a national championship, all that stuff, which Caleb absolutely cared about, but at the end of the day, you got to be a little selfish in your decision um, and not look at Ohio State, but look at Caleb Wesson. I think those are the two main factors, and I think both boxes were checked. If he comes back, how much higher could his draft stock be? Who knows, unless he wins the Mason Player of the Year. And then um, if he goes, does he have a great opportunity? Absolutely, he has a great opportunity. So I think he's gone. Um, you know, couple that with um, Andre being gone as well. You know, I think that the Wesson brothers leave together. They sign with the same agent most likely, you know, and, and they're on their way. So – um, I'm happy for Caleb. He did everything right. Great Buckeye, great teammate, great person. I mean, worked really, really hard. I mean, the dude, uh, Holtman tweeted about it and said it in a press conference, I think, uh, when he made, like, his official statement about Caleb leaving. Um, Holt said, like, you know, not only did he lose a bunch of weight um, and his winning percentages were great when he was on the court and blah, 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 plus minus, blah, 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 but he became the number one uh, rated player for defensive efficiency on the team when he was on the court. Um, he improved his rebounds from, like, Four and a half to game, four and a half to game to nine and a half a game or something like that. So doubled those and shot and went from like shooting. He made like eight threes his freshman year to he was shooting 40, 42% and, and made a hell of a lot more than eight his, his junior year. So yeah, he was, playing for, he was the, playing for the NBA. Yeah, clearly. Right. Didn't we, <laughs> didn't we ask Holman that when we were, yeah, yeah. yeah you, were, you asked Holman that. Yeah. He, um, no, I think you did. I think you were like, well, what do you think when people say Caleb's playing for the NBA? And he, like, kind of looked at you and was like, you know that that's not what's going on. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I, but, I mean, we, we can find out. But, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm happy for Caleb. I mean, the coaching staff supports him 100%. He's got a great family. Uh, I mean, the, the dude did a lot for Ohio State. He, brought, he was a big part of bringing Ohio State back to, to relevancy and stuff. So, um, I'm happy for him. I would love to see him go anywhere except for the Bulls or the Knicks. We talked about that. I mean, yeah. Well, we talked about that, but to reiterate, we want him to go to any team except the Bulls or the Knicks because he will have a one-year career on those teams because right. they're the worst, I, worst run organizations in sports. I, would, I wouldn't hate to see him uh, on, like, the Pelicans, you know? Young team. Like, they have Jackson Hayes, who's, like, that ultra-athletic, like, center for the future, but then, like, Mix it in, mix it in. Caleb could be fun, you know. Do they have a power forward? I don't know if they have a good power forward. That's a good point. They don't. They don't have a. They don't have a power forward. They don't have a small forward. 
They don't have a – do they have anything? No, I th- I don't think they have an undersized power forward that plays they, bigger than he is. What they don't have is a fat guy. <laughs> that, they would have two non-fat guys. If they they would, Caleb they would, that team would go – when Zion is at the four and Caleb's at the five with that team, people would be mm-hmm. like, wow, that's, a, this, that's the most – in shape. How in shape is this team? That's the most in shape front court I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. What else? What other teams would be fun to see him go to? Um, the Lakers. <laughs> uh, the Warriors. The Warriors would actually be fun. A team like a team like the Heat is going to be picking around 40th probably, which if he can raise his draft stock in like – I don't know what the pre-draft camps are going to look like. But I think he could fit in pretty well with the Heat. You know, just a hard playing, like knows how to play, follows the rules, doesn't get in the way of Jimmy Butler. You know, like I think that'd be a good fit. Yeah, I think right now their situation is like, you know, they got guys like Myers Leonard and they have a nice little core. It'd be interesting if he got brought in there because, you know, Myers Leonard, they kind of, you think about the elite of the elite teams, they, the new, age center that most of these teams have is this 6'11 protect the rim and dunk lobs you know you look Mm -hmm. at the Lakers um the Warriors when they were at their peak when they had when when they you know when they needed a center they usually obviously they went small but you know and now like the Rockets when they had Clint Capella and you know the list goes on and on and on but that's where Caleb doesn't fit obviously but where he does fit is a team like the Nuggets you know a guy like Jokic who yeah, he's a little chubby. He can stretch the floor. He's a great passer and he has great post moves, great feet. He's better on defense than people give him credit for. Um, Caleb, Caleb fits in in the NBA without a doubt. But let's move to well, um, this well, this is what I was going to say. Let's move to more of the additions and subtractions of Ohio State basketball. In the so at this point last night, or actually at this point last night, we were like, okay, we got to re-record at about two o'clock Central Standard Time yesterday. We were under the impression that. Ohio State was losing Caleb and Andre, and things were going to be all systems go for next year. Now, in my honest opinion, you know that Holtman is always going to have his guys ready to go and ready to compete. You saw that really your senior year when they didn't have Kata, and it was kind of like, let's still make something of this season. We're still a good team. I think one of the best Ohio State teams we will see for years to come and years past will be two years from now with Dwayne, <laughs> Jimmy, EJ, um, Dwayne, Jimmy. Okay, EJ. let's set the scene real quick. Until we, before we hop into, into four years into the future, we, we recorded with the, with the notion that Luther Muhammad, would, Luther Muhammad was still a Buckeye. Jimmy Sotos was not a Buckeye yet. Fast forward 24 hours, Luther has left, which that's just the state of college basketball. Like, that blindsided me, and I'm sure it blindsided everyone else. But the truth of the matter is it came out that he wanted to have a bigger role and to, to each their own. Great for him. I'm happy for him. Go do whatever he wants to do to, to – like I said before, at some point when you're trying to make, you know, make money and go to the NBA or play high level overseas, whatever, be a pro, you got to be selfish at some point. So. He wanted to get his. That's fine. I love the guy. I love him. He did not. All he did was put his head down and work so hard for the team, and he was a great teammate. So I wish him nothing but the best. Um, and then also, 
we had Jimmy Sotos commit to Ohio State. Jimmy Sotos, for those of you who don't know and didn't see on Twitter, um, I'm really, really close with his older brother, Danny. Um, Jimmy's two years younger than me. I played against him in high school a bunch. Um, was able to talk to him a little bit today about everything that's going on. He is super, super excited to be a Buckeye. And a lot of people don't know what they're getting. They just think it's some white guy from a major team. He's not like that. Um, I could go on and say he's sneaky athletic like every other white point guard ever. But that is probably true. But he also is 6'3", 6'4". He's got great length. He can guard. He's really good on defense. He can shoot. He's a great passer. And he's just so smart. So, like, every, you know, every stereotypical white guy ever. But he also, I mean, the dude's a winner. He, he, he went to the NCAA tournament at Bucknell. He was really, really, really good in high school. One of the best players in Illinois. Um, I mean, I'm really you, – everyone should be really excited about him. Obviously, he's most likely going to have to sit out. But C.J. Walker, you know, I don't like to look so far in the future, but when he's done, he hands the keys over to Jimmy Sotos. That's, that's really, really good because Jimmy, one thing about him is he's going to work his ass off this redshirt year, and he's going to come back obviously ten times better than he was. So, um, Well, that's actually – like, that's kind of what I was saying. Like, most likely Jimmy is going to play the following year, not next year. And more than likely, you're going to get a year of Seth Towns kind of getting his feet back under him after not playing for two years. I think you're really looking at um, – I think you're really looking at one of the best teams in the country two years from now with next year being uh, let's make the tournament again, fourth year in a row, quotes on that, with – the anticipation that the year after that, which is kind of what we talked about with this yeah, year. No, I'm, no you, I'm sorry. No, I, you can't think that way. It, it just, mm-hmm. even as a fan, I hate people who, I can't stand that. Think, imagine saying that. And then you're CJ Walker, it's your senior year. And you're like, what the fuck is this guy saying? You know? And I'm not saying that as a shot at you. Right. But you, we, yeah, we lose Luther. We lose Caleb. We lose Dre. That's three starters. What, but what do we have in place of them? We get Musa Jalo back, who, without him, we don't win an NCAA tournament against um, Iowa State last year, can shoot open threes and guard the other team's best player. We had Justice Suing, who Andre, Andrew Dockich says every day in practice that he was one of the best guys, and he had 14 points a game in the Pac-10 before he came here. We had Seth Towns, who was the Ivy League player of the year, and, he, yeah, he's been hurt, but he's also been sitting out and stuff, and he's going to be all full go, and he's – and he's going to be outstanding. We bring back Kyle Young. E.J. Liddell is going to be another year better. Dwayne Washington is going to have full reign to do whatever the heck he wants. Right, and it's C. addition, it's addition by subtraction with, with Luther leaving, opening the door it's, for Dwayne to do more. Y- yes and no. It's not addition by subtraction because Luther is a huge part of the team. But what it does do, and we talked about this on the podcast before, is it makes everyone, you know – not that they don't know what their role is already, but they're like almost stuck in their role and they don't have to look over their shoulders and stuff. Like a guy like Dwayne Washington, you know, Dwayne thrives on the fact that he doesn't have a, he doesn't have a conscious when he shoots, you know, like he's not going to get subbed out for missing six shots in a row. He never would anyway, but now it's like, okay, like he knows that maybe he doesn't quite have the keys to the car yet. Cause CJ's still there, but those two guys, they are the backcourt. You know, mm-hmm. they are the backcourt. And not only they're, – they're one of the best backcourts in the Big Ten probably, right? So, I mean, you – I'm a positive guy. So, like, you could look, you could look at Luther leaving and, and think it as a negative way. You could say, okay, now this becomes 
you know, a throwaway year where maybe we don't have a ton of depth in the front court. It's like, no, but this team is really, really, really good. Like we lose a lot, but you know, we had guys who were hurt. We had guys who weren't eligible and we have grad transfers and it's, it's not a wash. Like, yeah, we're losing Caleb Wesson, a second team, all big 10 guy. Like that's a huge loss. We're losing Luther Muhammad who guarded the best player every single week, you know, like, but it's not fair. It's not fair to think of it as it's not a throwaway year. You didn't say that, but it's not fair to look at it. Like, let's just make the tournament. It's like, I think we really do have an, a top four team in the big 10 again. Like you, if you look at it the way I'm looking at it, like, we got eight guys who can contribute 100%. Like, there are some question marks. Of course there are. But every team is going to have question marks. Yeah. So I, and a I lot just, of teams yeah, are I losing agree with people. You. I agree with you. Like, two years from now, hopefully we are fantastic because the guys, you know, they're successful this year and they can build off that. Worst case scenario is what you're saying. Like, we're battling for an NCAA tournament or, you know, we're a seven seed, six seed, whatever. And then the year after that, we bring everyone back and we run it and we do it again. You know, mm-hmm. I'm with you with that, but it's not, um, it's not operation, make the NCAA tournament. It's operation, be the best team we could possibly be, you know? Definitely. Which I think, in my opinion, the ceiling is your senior year, maybe a little higher. Like this is impossible to talk about right now because who yeah. knows what's going to happen. But, I, we will finish recording and we'll get another grad transfer. Right. So. A question that I have for you is and maybe it's just because we are so in tuned with Ohio State more like we don't know if the Alonzo Gaffneys of of Texas are leaving to go pro is there an abnormal of changing faces at Ohio State between guys coming in and guys leaving because I feel like since I'm not saying it's a good thing or bad thing but I feel like since Holtman has gotten there there's been transfers in just as much as there's been transfers out way more than I can ever remember with coach Mata's teams. Yeah. I think a lot of people, obviously that's a huge topic on Twitter right now. And I, and I know you're not saying this. I'm definitely not saying this. It's not like it's Holtman is, is mass exiting the team every year to start new if they weren't good enough, whatever it's, it's so not like that. And you know that I know that I'm everyone who's smart knows that. Um, But it is frustrating to see people like, Oh my God, it's got to be the coach's fault. You know, we're losing all these guys. Like, look at it on an individual case-by-case basis. First of all, Coach Mata lost, lost guys also, like Jordan Seibert, you know, J.D. Witherspoon. You know, there were some really, really good guys that transferred. But he also got guys transferring in, like Evan Ravenel. And, uh, you know, so, so like and, – and it's not a coincidence that as, you know, the internet and the world and everyone is being told that they're the best player to ever play the game, now there's more people transferring. And that's just the nature of college basketball. Wichita State, who four years ago never, ever saw a guy transfer out, like, right? Like, never. Lost they lost seven always, guys. They lost seven guys, you know? So it's just the nature of college basketball. And if you want to look at each year, case by case, first of all, I came in and no one was there, you know? And whenever a new coach comes in, guys leave. Not Maybe it's, it's not because of the coach, but it's because of the player. They don't match the – they don't match the coach. They didn't commit to that coach. It's not, you know what I mean? Like everyone looks at it in the most negative way ever, you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, okay, let's look at an individual case by case basis. DJ Carton, he had some shit going on clearly, you know? So, I mean, I don't know more than anyone else knows about him, but he had some stuff going on. So he needs to reset. Who can blame anyone for that? Lonzo Gaffney also who knew what was going on at the end of the year, the dude, I mean, he, he was an outstanding – He played less than 30 minutes the whole season. Exactly. 
okay? And then, I mean, like Caleb Wesson, are you mad at him for going to the NBA? Is that Coach Holman's fault? Like, what? Right, exactly. You know? right. But people are saying, like, oh, we got, we got Caleb Wesson leaving early and guys transferring and yada. Like, Luther Muhammad is the only one where it's a little baffling. But when it comes out that he wants, you know, more touches, it's like, okay, like, you, there's, you know, there's only one basketball. Like, he was such a huge part of the team. It's like, what more do you, do you want, guy? You know, like. Yeah. And I think it's also people see Gaffney, Carton, Sotos, Towns, all of, and, and you said that Justice guy? Yeah. Justice. The Justice guy. The Justice guy. Might be the best player on the team next year. And then you add Luther. You know, if it was just like those five guys or just Luther, it's just all of that gets people talking and thinking. But another thing. When you lose guys, you got to gain guys. So what do you you want? And I think another thing is what I said earlier. Like, we have no clue if Arizona State lost five Alonzo Gaffneys and gained three Seth Towns. Like, we have no clue if that's happening at the other Nebraska lost ten guys last year. Like right. Because of a new coach, like that's just what happens. Like, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I like Jay Ledee transferred, and people are like, "Dude, Jay wanted to be a point guard, basically." It's like, dude, you're six nine. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how Holtman runs things. Like, you signed up for this. If it doesn't mutually work, then that's fine. We want the best for you. That's just how it. That's just how it works. Like, it's it's no one's fault. Like, don't get mad at Luther. Don't get mad at Coach Holtman. It, it's just that's just how basketball is these days. Like. Like, I don't think I w- would have operated that way. I would have chose something and I would have been loyal to it. But that's just how I'm wired. Whereas – But even uh, you but even you considered leaving your senior year to go to a small school and hopefully play, well, which yeah, is essentially – different because I, I knew I wasn't playing, you know, like that. Right, but it's essentially, this, it's essentially the same thing, just different skill levels and skill – amounts you know he's right. no, no, you're he's, right. like I wasn't it wasn't like I was telling coach Holman play me or I'm leaving right like, and Luther wasn't saying that either it was I wanted to play 15 minutes a game Luther wanted to play 40 you know like it, it, Luther wanted to go from 30 to 40 I wanted to go from 5 to 15 you know like I especially in this weird especially in this weird offseason where Luther doesn't know if he really is gonna have three months to prove that he should be what he wants to be versus if he goes to, and I don't know where he's going to go. I'm just giving a given example. If he went to Mizzou next year, he would have Dwayne's green light at Mizzou. Right. And that's what he wants. Right. And and, he doesn't give anyone the green light. And he can't, he can't compete for anything if there's no off season. Well, yeah. Which, which has to factor into it. That's a, yeah, that's a very in-depth way to look at it for sure. I just think it was, honest to God, bare bones, it was probably like, coach, like, I want to develop more into where I see myself being a professional basketball player, mm-hmm. you know, which is not just catching and shooting threes, making straight line drives and guarding the other team's best player. Like, I want the rock in my hands. I want to be a playmaker. I want to be a decision maker. And Holtman said, look, like, like your role is your, your role is, is, is going to be whatever it is. Like, I can't promise you anything. That's promising people. That's what gets you fired, you know? So, um, I don't know. There's no one to blame. I love Luther. I'm excited for him. But we should we should do quickly just talk about like Seth Towns is going to be outstanding. Justice Suing is outstanding, and Musa coming back is a huge boost. And what we lose mm-hmm. in Luther, a lot of that we gain in Musa coming back. You know, so and expect Ohio State to. We have one open scholarship left. Expect us to use it because 
why not use it? You know what I mean? So just some things that I've heard randomly with Luther Muhammad, and I'm even looking on Twitter right now is some, no one really knows because he hasn't really come out and said, these are my teams or whatever, but I've heard, I've seen Arizona state the most. And yeah, that might just be, say that's not true. Well, I think he said that's not true about all, like someone said a whole long thing about his yeah. top three and, and that stuff. Um, something that I think is interesting. Well, he said, Adam Zagoria said ASU's preferred destination, Seton Hall, Alabama, and Nebraska are not nah. options. And he said false, didn't speak to anyone yet. So that could mean that ASU is the top option, but it doesn't mean that Bama's ruled out. You know, like Yeah, I should have tweeted like San Diego and University of Albany are not options. Like, yeah, he's you're right. Those are not options. Like can I tweet something like that from driving lane and be like hearing East Tennessee state officially out for Luther Muhammad? No, no. That's what about funny. like, what about like Illinois Wesleyan? <laughs> Joey lanes, almost alma mater. I, I have too much love for coach Rose for you to say that he, who knows if anyone could land him, it would it'd be coach Rose. Could you imagine? <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, Except man. I don't really know coach Rose that well, but that does sound something Sound like something he would do. <laughs> um, I just want to talk football for one second because, and we actually haven't even said this yet. We're taking a little bit of a leave of absence. And the reason is that we don't know when there will be sports and we're not good enough podcasters to not talk about sports. <laughs> yeah. We, there's a combination of, it was like a perfect storm. Um, I, even before coronavirus, I got hired. Um, finally, um, I got a job uh, after you know being very, very, very nitpicky about what I was looking for and stuff. Um, a job I'm super, super excited about, and I'll be moving back to Columbus. So we were getting, we were preparing for that, and then boom, coronavirus hit, and we still had to do these podcasts from from you know different locations, basically. So we're trying to figure out how we're going to navigate that. Um, and now it's like, okay, now it's a new beast of how we're going to navigate without sports. So we're basically just taking a little bit of a hiatus so we can focus uh, on what we need to focus on um, and make sure that we come back um, with good stuff and not just stuff to have stuff. You know, mm -hmm. like we don't like, we're not part of my take and we can't do a Mount Rushmore of, of things and laugh the whole time um, because you guys don't care, you know? So like, we're we're an Ohio State podcast. We will talk about Ohio State stuff if it happens. Like like let's say you know college football announces blah 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 whatever. Like we'll be back on to talk about it. Don't worry. But until there is legitimate stuff to talk about, like we're just gonna take a little break um, because a break was necessary. We were gonna take a break after college basketball season ended anyway. So I will um, say this though, we have plans to have a little fun during the NFL draft, the first round, because we know a lot of Buckeyes are going to be taken. Yep. Hopefully hopefully three with J.K. Dobbins, which this is a question for another day. Who gets drafted higher in their draft, J.K. Dobbins or Caleb Wesson? Um, <laughs> and then Caleb we, Wesson. we promise you this, that the latest you will hear from us is an analysis of Caleb Wesson's NBA team. That is the latest that you could possibly hear. Andy, from us. maybe even later we talk about the Masters. That's in September. November of 2086. Jeez. But Ohio State football, just to touch on it briefly. Yeah. No reason they shouldn't be top one or two to start the season. And assuming the running game, RIP to Master Teague's knee, assuming the running game, 
Achilles, assuming the running game is what it needs to be, there's no reason Ohio State won't be back in the playoff competing for a national championship, if not the favorite for a national championship. All these programs like Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma are starting new quarterbacks and introducing new systems with new coaches, assistant coaches, coordinators. And as of right now, there's no offseason. So Ohio State and Clemson, the two favorites, and with all the stuff that's going on, they're probably even more of favorites than would be usual. So that's what's going on in football. Let's take this a step further into football. This is something we didn't really bring up yesterday. Um, I I don't know if you're familiar with Ari Wasserman, who writes for The Athletic, um, but he has been in a bunch of heated debates about the – the argument that talent basically is the trump card um, in college football in terms of it's better than coaching and hard work and like talent wins these teams championships. And I'm 5,000% on his side in terms of Ohio state beats Michigan year in and year out, because not only do they have great coaches and probably better coaches, but they also have way more talented players, you know, and that matters a lot in college football. I think and that's why there's only, you know, five or six teams that can win the championship every year. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, what? You agree? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. This year is such a this year is such a question mark with you know, the teams that could win the national championship because a team like Georgia and Alabama and those teams can get upset. Ups, there can be an upset so much more easily depending on the season or the off season that happens like a team like Florida could easily come out of the SEC this year because Bam is like this year is the one year where you can't use any usual themes to predict college football. I agree. But I think, but then, but then wouldn't maybe talent Trump everything at the end of the day. Also, you know, if you think about the argument that we kind of had before, I don't, I see what you're saying. It's, but football is a different sport than basketball, you know, like basketball, like, Kentucky, they always, you know, Kentucky always has the top recruiting class. They've only won one national championship in recent memory, you know? So, like, whereas teams like, you know, Butler going to the Final Four back-to-back years, like, they weren't the most talented team. I think it's – basketball is a little bit different, but I think football, like, if you have dudes, like, you're going to win. You know what I mean? Like, well, it's, win, it's also different every because... game? No, but you get what I'm saying. It's also different because in basketball, if you make it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four, you had an incredible, spectacular, amazing season. Unless you're the number one team going into the season, you are probably exceeding expectations by making it to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. Totally. In Ohio State, if you're in college football, if you lose in the first round of the college football playoff, it's a it's a disappointing season. It was a right. disappointing season for Ohio State football. Right. I, I think, it, yeah, it's a little different just because of the way it's set up where making the college football playoff is like, it's a failure if you don't do that. Whereas making the NCAA tournament is a huge deal, you know, I, right, you know but even I mean? once you're in the college football playoff, if you lose, then who cares? Like yeah, I got, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Okay. Let's say the Rose bowl is not one of the playoff games. Would you rather like who, who ended up winning the Rose bowl, Wisconsin or Oregon? I think Oregon won. You, you wouldn't – I wouldn't rather win the Rose Bowl than lose in the college football playoff because you have no chance to win. An Not in the championship, though, in the first round. Right. I, you don't have a chance to win the championship in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. I just think I'd rather be 
I don't remember who won, but I think I'd rather be Oregon or Wisconsin this year than have been Oklahoma, who lost by 50 in the well, playoffs. Well, game. yeah, that's different. That's different. But or Oklahoma Michigan State, would... or Michigan State when they lost by 100 to Alabama, right, or, us when, or us when Clemson beat us by win. 35. I I agree. If you told me that we're gonna, you're either gonna lose by 50 or win the Rose Bowl, of course I'm gonna choose that. Well, lose lose the first round game of the college football playoff or win the Rose Bowl. I think I'd much rather be in the college football playoff. That's like making the NCAA tournament. It's like winning the NIT or making the, or making the NCAA tournament and losing the first round. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean. It's different, but it's, it's not quite. It's not quite comparable because the Rose Bowl is a lot bigger deal than winning I, the NIT. I know, but, but to be fair, like I've talked to a lot of guys on the football team and a lot of them say the same thing. They say if we don't – like the only time we get a ring is if we win a Big Ten championship – and we win the national championship. There's no, there's no, it's not a great, it's not a, it's not a successful season if they win the Rose Bowl. Like it's great. Like it's awesome, but it's not what they set out to do. So I would want to have a chance to, to do what I set out to do. You know what I mean? That when you, when you put teams into perspective, then I agree with you. But if everything is equal, team history, expectations, yeah, yeah, yeah. all that, I'll then you'd rather win the Rose Bowl than, than lose in the first yeah, round. Yeah, Northwestern. Would you rather win the Rose Bowl or, or... – Well, that, that's kind of what I'm saying. They would obviously rather get to the college football playoff, I think. Imagine if Northwestern was in the college football playoff. Okay, well, Michigan State. Michigan State that year would have – like Michigan State would rather win the Rose Bowl. That's what I'm saying. Teams that teams that it's reasonable to go, like Illinois would want to make it to the college football playoff more than they would want to win the Rose Bowl, I think. Well, there's only a small pool of teams because the Rose Bowl is, is Big Ten versus Pac-12. Right, and the Rose Bowl is so unique because no one really cares if you win, like, the Peach Bowl. Yeah, it's like, the great no one would ball. No one would be like, I'd rather win the Peach Bowl than be in the college football playoff. Oh man! All right. What else? Anything else? Trying to think. We doubled what we had yesterday. This is a much better. Yeah. Thank tape. God we re-recorded. Well, I guess we'll just wrap it up by congratulating Ohio State again on winning the national championship. Um, we aren't we aren't going away in terms of social media. Like I'll be very active on social media as I always am. Zolden will too. Um, Zolden will be tweeting from the Drive the Lane account like he always does. Just assume. Let's- Let's that get the followers. Really, up. really, really funny. It's Zolden tweeting it from the Drive Lane account. Um, we love it when you guys interact with us and tweet at us and, and respond to our tweets and tag us and stuff and all that stuff. So um, keep doing that. Um, maybe in like maybe in like two weeks we do like a Q and uh, like we answer some questions or something. Um, but maybe I mean we're just, I literally just threw that out on the spot. But um, but yeah, we hear you guys. We like hearing from you guys. So. Um, keep talking to us. We're not going anywhere. We're just taking a little break because you no, know, we're both officially no longer professional podcasters anymore. So um, we just want, we're just going to focus on the things we got to focus on until there's sports so we can focus on the stuff we're not supposed to focus on. If for some reason the NBA comes back next week, we'll be back next week to yeah, follow if they're LeBron. playing horse. If they're playing horse, we are going to give you guys the best bets for the horse, for all the individual horse matchups. Okay. Joey, we could do kind of a – I don't know how to set that up, but we could do it. We could find our own version of horse. All right. Buckle up. And drive the lane. And drive the lane. Go Buckeyes.